Amen. I tell you what, isn't there a good spirit in here today? You can be seated. I was just thinking that that there's such a good spirit in the, here today, we should have invited everybody we knew out to be here. You ever think about it that way? Man, if some people I knew uh, that needed what we heard today, and anyway, uh, anyway, it'd be a good thing to invite them out to. Still got the 1030 service too, and if you can't get there, you can go to 1130 service Carthage. But God's moving in our midst, and are we being sensitive to that? And that's what the Lord's been really dealing with me about lately is that uh, in everything we do, looking and seeing what he's wanting to do in that moment. And I've been really focusing in on that lately. And I don't care whether you're working or at a ball game or whatever you're doing, that you're looking to see how God can use you in that situation and how God's spirit's moving in that situation because his spirit's always moving to draw people to him. But anyway, we're on the last week of the Rise Up uh, series, if you will. Uh, for those that didn't know or we haven't said that, that what we've been studying the last four weeks is what uh, is not so much replacing, but, in, but coming alongside with the Triangle Ministry that we've done for years. And it's for uh, new people coming into the Oakton body. And when Landon was building this and we were looking at it and talking about it, uh, we thought, well, how do you choose who, you know, if we start teaching classes, who's been to it and who hadn't? And we just thought, let's just start by telling the whole church. And then after the, that's done, then the new people coming in, this is what they're going to be going through the day for four weeks whenever they want to become a part of Oakton. And so that's kind of what that's been about. But today... Uh, we're talking about Mark 16, 15, and, and we're going to be talking about um, probably mostly on that. But, but Jesus' mission statement was Luke chapter 4, uh, when he talked about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Jesus come after us to take him home. Jesus came so that, that we could be with God. And that's his mission statement. And basically Mark 6, 15, and really uh, every gospel, 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 uh, gospel has uh, 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 go therefore at the end of it, if you will, telling us to go get people, go win the loss. In other words, Jesus was asking us and his disciples, now you've seen my mission statement, I came after you, now it's your job to go get them. And you see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later maybe. But, but anyway, uh, he was sending his, us out, and that's why we're here. Uh, uh, is to go get people and win people the kingdom of God. But to be honest with you guys, we're not, we're not here for our jobs, if you will. Uh, we think we are sometimes, but we're here um, basically to make a decision where we're going to spend eternity. And then when I'm saying here in this world, but then to get everybody we can going in. I tell you what, it's hard for me to concentrate today. I am so pumped. Uh, I found a, a Minnesota Viking football helmet with Fran Targington has signed. And anyway, it's cheap. Yeah. And anyway, I think I got it. But we're looking at authenticity. In other words, is it really his signature? And in any way, it's in the mail. And, and I'm, well, I am so excited about this. I tell you, I'm pumped. I just can't get it off my mind. 
And, and a lot of you are looking at me like I'm crazy, but, but I'm pretty pumped about that. Well, some that can't relate to that maybe is, man, I was so pumped last night. I got me a new prom dress and I got to go to prom last night. I guess I can't relate to that because I don't want to wear a dress, you know. But I see all over Facebook how everybody's so excited about prom. And they've got their dresses, and they got all this, and, and they got all that. And, and I guess I can say it because none of you did it here, but, but we'll dress our children's like, children like that and then tell them not to get caught up in relationships. But anyway, I don't want to go there today. But, but anyhow, man, everybody's anticipating prom. And, and it's hit me today. Are we anticipating Christ's return that way? And, and I mean, I really am excited about this helmet coming in. But, but I tell you what, I got so caught up in the first song, song that they sang, Come, is it Come, is what they call that, Come Soon, or Come Lord Jesus. Man, I was so caught up in that that I sent Jim up after they were done. And I thought we already had worship. And Joe looks over at me like, we just got started. He's kind of a baby. I was get two more songs. No, he didn't do that. But, but anyhow, uh, we, I was so pumped at the end of that song because, man, I was feeling it. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Come, Lord, come. But are we excited about Christ coming back? And we should be. And we should be so excited about him coming back that Mark 16 and going to the world should be easy for us. Because we believe in what we're doing. We're anticipating Christ's return, and, and we want everybody to experience that. We want everybody to be involved in that. We want everybody to be a part of that. And, and just like everybody wasn't excited about my Vikings helmet, some of them won't be excited about our message, but, but we still say it anyway. We still tell about it anyway. And, and so many times we won't tell people what we think because we're worried about it, but yet we'll talk about the Vikings or these other things we like, and we don't care what anybody else thinks. That was all free today. I added that, whatever. That's what I got during the Lord Comes song, just everything I just said. But I was going to start out the, the harder way. This is the way I was going to start out. But, but we should be telling others Simply because, do you realize Oakton's had 22 funerals in a year? And it's really got me to thinking. I mean, connected to Oakton. 22 funerals. And every time I go deal with people in these funerals, the only thing that's on my mind is where their heart was with the Lord. That's all that's on my mind. Where were that with Christ? Did we do and say what we should have done and said? Have they heard the message? And at that point, it's too late. And so either way, I was trying to get us to think today why we need to go. Why we need to tell people that Christ came after us. That he loved us and that he's here for us. And, and most importantly, we should do it because we know him and we're pumped about him. But we also should do it because we love people and where they're at with the Lord. 
And so everything reflects back on loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and loving people the same way. And so as I think about it across here today, are you ready for Christ to come back? And if you're ready, are you telling everybody about it? So let's go read the scripture here today. And I'm going to start in verse 14 because the, it kind of lets us think all about it. But in Mark 16, 14. Trying to decide whether you can get into that part. But a lot of scholars will try to take away from this passage of Scripture because it is so powerful. And, and they'll try to, you'll probably see little footnotes in your Bibles if you're looking. But Jesus says the same thing in, in Luke. He says the same thing in John. He says the same thing in, in Matthew. Or Mark, Luke, all of them. It's so important. But after he appeared to the eleven themselves, they were reclining at the table. None of us are reclining at the table, are we? And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And the reason I had that in, I just realized now, this Lord's hit me with it, is a lot of Christians are reclining and they really don't believe how alive and real Christ is. And Christ was rebuking them because they didn't realize the power that was in him, that he had risen from the dead, that power that sets him free. Jesus said, and go into the world. So, you know, where they're reclining, and they haven't realized who Jesus was, and now Jesus rebuked them. He said, hey, wake up. I'm alive and real. Go tell people about it. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. So anyway, he's telling them to go and giving the people the choice. And he's saying, I'm going to back you up. And these signs will follow you. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. They were reclining. Then they went out and were preaching everywhere. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Um, guys, this God not... God's not dead thing. It's in the movie this week. Go check it out. It's pretty good. But it made me think of that. That guy went through a trauma and God's not dead. He changed a life. So we see in the scripture, stop reclining and, and we're saying to go tell. And we're seeing in the scripture that it clearly teaches that Christ followers, you and me, should expect supernatural manifestations of the spirit as we tell others, announce to others the gospel about the kingdom of God. And so what Jesus is saying, he said, we should go do this. I'm going to back you up. 
I've been, you've been called, you've been anointed, you've been appointed. Stop reclining. Let's go get it done. And we see in Matthew, we see in Mark, we see in Luke, we see in John, we see in the Apostle Paul, we see it all throughout the Bible that Jesus called them uh, in, 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 in Matthew 10.1. He appointed them in Matthew 3. He gave them that power and authority in Luke 9. We see that he gave it to us in John 14, 12. And we see that, that the power was given to Paul, that anointing and appointing to do what? To complete Jesus' mission statement. And if you go read all four of them gospels that where he called the disciples and appointed them and anointed them to go out to do what? To proclaim the gospel back into Luke four eighteen to set the captive free, to bring liberty, to deliverance, to healing, all these powerful things in people's life, to restore them back to God. So that same mission statement Jesus had, he turns it back over to us, the believer. God has anointed and appointed us to go minister into Barton County. You know, I was going to say Oakton, but there's only 20 people in Oakton. So I say Barton County because some come from Golden City, some come from Lockwood, some come from Nevada. So we're getting into a different county there. But God has called us, he's anointed, and he's appointed us to preach the gospel. Something that we're excited about. Something that we're in tune to. Something that comes natural for us. And it's everybody. It's a believer, any believer. And I said, it's not everybody. It's not the unbeliever. They can't proclaim because they don't have it. But if you believe today, he's talking to you. He said, signs and wonders confirm the gospel message that is genuine. That God's kingdom has come, that God has, that Jesus has risen. And we see that again in the, the scripture that the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me. Jesus said that in John 10, 25. In other words, when he's telling about the kingdom of God and about the message of God, God bears witness through him in signs and wonders. Powerful things. In Acts 10, 38, Paul said, Jesus went about doing good and healing all over. All those who were oppressed by devils and demons, God was with him. God will follow you and is with you as you minister. And then even in today's passage that, that I read clear through 20, the reason I read the whole chapter is it followed up while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. When we go out, God's spirit is with us. Something that's really neat that, that in the scripture that we read today in Mark 16, it said all the signs that, that were going to happen, all these marvelous things that would accompany the believer, all of them were fulfilled in the book of Acts. Think about that. The speaking in tongues, Acts 2.4, Acts 10.46, Acts 19.6, 1 Corinthians 12. And then I can go on and on. That's just something off the top of my head. Uh, you know, again, I keep telling everybody the denominations have been formed and doctrine has been formed over two scriptures. And I can give you four to five for everything I'm saying today. The driving out demons, Acts 5, 15, and 16, Acts 16, 18, Acts 19, 11, and 12. 
Escaping death from snake bites, Acts 28, 3 through 5. Healing the sick, it's everywhere. Acts 3, 1 through 7, 8, 7, 9, 33, 9, 34, Acts 14, 8, Acts 10, 28. It's everywhere. It's all through the Bible. Acts were the acts of God following his people. Acts were the God backing up his people. And a lot of you said, well, you know, where did the person that drank the deadly poison? I think that it's any attack that Satan comes against us with. God delivers us of. But if you want to get specific about that, it was recorded by Pappas in early 2nd century writings that Joseph called Barnabas in Acts one twenty three did drink deadly poison and it was not harmed. So all these things that we see here were literally fulfilled. Everything that Jesus said that God would do for his people were fulfilled. Guys, it hadn't stopped. So many times we think that, that I hear that doctrine going around, well, it stopped with the apostle. The next point I want to make is supernatural signs or manifestations are intended to continue within Christ's church until he returns. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, so that you are not lacking any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to lack anything until Jesus comes back, is what that says right there. And God has appointed in the church. It didn't say the old church and the church that's gone, the church back in that day. He said the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, uh, uh, gifts and healing and helping and administration and various kinds of tongues. He's appointed them to the church. They're still alive today. First Corinthians twelve twenty eight tells us God is anointed and He's appointed us to win the lost. And signs and wonders will follow us. So what that's trying to say is is when your friend at work is sick and you can go up and say, "Can I pray for you today?" And when you pray for them and they're healed, you can say, Jesus did that. Do you want to get saved? That's what that means. That's what that means. When they're having a financial situation, you can walk up to them and say, hey, can I pray with you about that? Yeah. Well, Jesus is the one that gave you that freedom and peace. You see where we're headed here? Signs and wonders will follow. So, you know, why don't these signs Follow the believers. And I can tell you it's because most of them are reclining at the table. And they're just sucking all Jesus up they can. And they don't realize the power and anointing that's there. But Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 17. Why they were that way. And he came to the crowd, uh, the, you guys know, I'm just going to jump in. And, and, but Jesus said that the disciples couldn't heal a demon-possessed man. And the dad came to Jesus and he came and complained about it and said, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faith, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here. And, and we all know Jesus rebuked the demon and, and healed the man. You know, a lot of times we get tired 
because we pray and nothing happens? Or we do things and we're like, God, where are you at? And it, we kind of get like the disciples were at this point. And so a lot of times why things ain't happening in our lives, it's not because of God. It's because of our hearts. Jesus said the disciples couldn't deliver because they were faithless and twisted generation. If you want to break that down, what Jesus was saying about the disciples is they had no sense of God or godly focus in their lives. And when you read it that way, they had no sense of God or godly focus in their life. It's easy to see why we miss God so many times. Because we forget about him until we need him. Or we're so focused on prom and everything else that he's moving and we don't know it. Because he's moving all the time. And I'm not knocking any of that stuff. But Jesus' own word says, Many believe, but few desire. And he said it in Matthew when he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for for the gate is wide and and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are many. I was trying to think how that guy said it in the movie last night, but he was talking about it's hard, but then he said it's easy. He used two words, and you always think they mean the same thing. And it really struck me is because it's hard to pay attention to God, but it's really easy because we just got to do it. But we pay attention to God and things are going to happen. But the Bible talks about in Timothy that, that many will deny his power. It's talking about believers. Many believers will be reclined at the table and not knowing the power of Christ and how they can change this world, how they can change their sons, their daughters, their moms, their dads. But they're sitting and reclined at that table not realizing their power not realizing they've been anointed and appointed to change their family. Then they wonder why they're the way they are. But no sense of God or godly focus because in the last days, people are lovers of money, self, They're proud, they're arrogant, they're abusive, they're disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, not loving good. What's out there? Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They have an appearance of godliness, but deny its power. Jesus said to avoid, or Paul said to avoid such people. We see this all across the world in the church. But guys, what I see is this gap is spreading. In other words, those that really desire the things of God, 
and those that don't. And I'm not talking about believers and unbelievers. I'm talking about believers and believers. I, I'm seeing this gap separate from believers that are really trying to do stuff and ones that are just saying, you're missing the boat. In other words, believers reclining at the table and believers going out and doing it. This gap, there's such a divide anymore in the Methodist church, the big church, the desire for acceptance of the things we just read about in 2 Timothy compared to, in other words, wanting to recline at the table with the world instead of being in the anointing and the appointing of God. And that gap, I see it. And I see it widening out. And the Lord spoke to me the other day that the church world is going to be divided from those that are reclining at the table to those that are supping at the table and getting the anointing and pointing and changing the kingdom of God. But also see it here at Oakton. Man, I, I, I used to get depressed driving through Lamar because I'd go to McDonald's and every one of them, Oakton, they were saved, most of them at Oakton. Not all of them, and then this is the time I hit, but they're saved at Oakton. Go to Orsland, saved at Oakton. Go here, they're saved here, they're saved there. Some are still in church, some are going to other churches. But God spoke to me that you keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. It seems like Oakton saves them, and then they decide whether they're going to recline at the table or stay with us. Because I've literally had people come in here, that reporter that came in from the Methodist conference that time, sat right up here and says, man, you expect a lot of your people. And I said, no, the Lord does. Not me, that's just the word of God. And people leave because we expect too much. Or that we do move out in the anointing and the appointing of God, and it's not here anymore. And I see that gap widening out. And we can go in that parable of the stories. Satan may have stole it. The world may have stole it. They may have gotten content, whatever. But God has anointed and appointed us, Oakton, to win the loss to Christ. And signs and wonders will follow us. And as for me in this house... Oakton, we will serve the Lord. We will expect the supernatural manifestations of his Holy Spirit. So how did the disciples transition out of that reclining spirit? How did they get away from that reclining spirit? In other words, what changed them? And what changed them was as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 14, 26 said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So again, we got that Spirit in us. That Holy Spirit's here for us to grab a hold of. And we're looking and seeing how that we can minister. The Holy Spirit is nudging us, talking to us, how we can minister. That's what changed the disciples. Because before the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Luke or Acts 2, 4, before that time, Peter denied Christ in Matthew 26. Judas hung himself in Matthew 27. 
All the disciples ran and hid in Matthew 26, 56. They all were in hiding in fear in John 19 when Jesus came back to them. That's what happened before the Spirit, the reclining. That's when Jesus said, go. But wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Go. After they were filled with the Holy Spirit, man, they were, what got them filled was they were in one accord. They were devoted in prayer. They're all together in one place. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, prayer. You know, they were together, had all things in common. They were one heart and soul. So you, you, what we're seeing here is the unity with God and the unity with people. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man, is bringing them together. And guess what? All God asks of us is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, love people our, as ourselves. Get that? So that unity of being with God and the unity of being with the believer, that made them strong. The gifts began to work in them, and they were seeking God, and the Holy Spirit was teaching them all things and bringing all things to remembrance. We do the same thing. The same thing happens to us. I always share the mission trips because we do that for mission trips. That's why we experience God on mission trips. If we did what we did to prepare for mission trips every morning, we'd sit every day at work or school or whatever we're doing. If we're looking for the Spirit to move. But guys, that's not it. And, and I think that's where a lot of us fall short. As you say, Pastor, I've done all those things. We're, we're doing all those things, man. I go to church every week. I pray all the time. I do all these things. Well, now you need to go. And that's what completes it. And I think that's where a lot of us are falling short. A lot of you don't like to hear this example, but you ever see a dog get a tick? And, and they just get that blood, and they just keep sucking it and sucking it and sucking it. They get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you pull it off, you throw it on the ground, their legs are going like this because they're so full, and they can't get away, and they're doing this. And I used to pull them off the dogs, and then I go, and mom goes, did you kill it? I said, I just crushed it. Did you kill it? If you don't kill it, you got to take their heads off because it's going to come back. We get so full of God and our legs are going like this and we're not touching the earth anymore. We need to go tell somebody about him and, and, and keep taking what we get in and let it go out. That was a bad example, but it's fun. Gross some of you out anyway. So we take in and we give out. And I think that's what the difference is that, that, that a lot of you aren't fulfilled is because you're not telling others. Man, you're doing all these things, but you're not there yet because you're not telling them about the message of God. And that's simply what Jesus said is, is repent for the forgiveness of sins. And it should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. That's what Jesus said in Luke. Proclaim forgiveness or repentance and forgiveness. Then, then, he, then Peter said in Acts 2.38, salvation, water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Preach those things. Tell people about those things because that's what you got. They need it. Why do we need to repent? We repent and turn away from our sins so that times of refreshing will come and the presence of the Lord will be there and Christ will appoint you. That's in Acts 3.19 and 20. 
But that's the message that we take out. We take salvation to the people. We take salvation and, and, and out and just tell them about it. People are longing for the deliverance that we have. They're longing for healing. They're longing for all of it. Guys, just asking people to church isn't going to fulfill you. Leading people to Christ is what's going to fulfill you. Laying hands on the sick is what's going to fulfill you. Laying hands on and delivering is what's going to fulfill you. So we need to get zeroed in to the Spirit. And I shared that example about that young lady earlier. But this little dog thing that I pasted on, posted on Facebook, that was a ministering opportunity and didn't even realize it. But when you start looking for the Lord to move in your situations, you're going to see those ministry opportunities. Me and Karen were having lunch with a lady that's a homosexual yesterday. And, and she said, I will not be accepted in churches. And I had a ministry opportunity. The first thing that came to my mind was, oh, you'd be accepted at Oakton. Then I thought, will she be accepted at Oakton? Then I thought, yeah, she'd be accepted at Oakton. And then I lost the moment. Bugged me all day. Bugged me all day. She needed to hear about repentance. She needed to hear about forgiveness so that times of refreshing could come so that the Lord could minister to her. And that's, again, I'm quoting Acts 3.19, I think. But are we looking for these opportunities? These times that that, that people speak to you and you brush it under the, the table because you're at work and you shouldn't talk about those things. Well, that's the powerful thing about God's signs and wonders is that if he puts a situation in front of you, he's going to protect you. At Freeman, I I always go back to that because they got to the point where I would move out and minister to people and they saw the difference it was making. They told me I could do it anytime I wanted to. Then we got into HR and I was supposed to be on every termination at Freeman And termination means you can resign or they're fired or whatever reason they quit the facility. They had to go to an exit interview. And in that time, they were asked questions. Your boss treats you right to this, this, this. Guys, Freeman was 3,000 people then. And and we did one a week. I I can't believe how many terminations I've been through. But it got to the point where HR told me, anytime you hear from the Lord, just tell us we're going to take a break. And they would leave. And let me do what God wanted to do. Because they saw the results, the signs and wonders that followed it. One man is into the ministry today as a result of ministering to his wife. And I never figured it out. But they started going to church. And they later on divorced. But he's a pastor now. Don't understand why that part happened. But it all came from that one day in a back room at Freeman, witnessing to a lady. But God gives us opportunities all the time. And I think a lot of times we're, we're doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing, but we're, we're, we're not taking these moments. 
And, and I'm not trying to be mean here today, but if we were, this place would be full because people are hungry. People are hungry. Christ, signs and wonders will follow you when we step out in this anointing. Are we reclining at the table? Or are we up and going? Are we just sucking all Jesus in and not sharing him? Or are we out of going and a blowing for him? Are you excited? But a lot of us are waiting for somebody to save our husband or our daughters or our aunts or our uncles or our boss or whatever. And maybe it's you because you've been anointed and appointed to proclaim the gospel. If you realize you've been anointed and appointed by God and you want to be used by him, just stand to your feet today. Father, as we stand today and as we sing this song, Father, I just ask that you help us to realize your words today. Father, help us to be anticipating you in everything we do. Father, help me and help all of us, Lord, to when we walk into a room to see what you're wanting to do there. Father, when we walk home and to our family that we're looking to see how that you can use us to minister to them. Father, that how we're walking into the workplace. Father, that we're listening and we're watching for ways that we can encourage and love people and give them the gospel message. Father, when we're at play, Father, let us forget about our personal wants and gains and, and be sensitive to your spirit and see, Lord, how you want to use us. But, Father, we're available and we want to be used. So, Father, use us in Jesus' name.